Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Today's episode is all about caffeine, the good, more of the good as it's not spoken about enough and obviously some of the not as good effects of caffeine and he's about to, yep. Just a little introduction I've got, I've got, there to I've the monster. I feel yeah, I feel like to be it's fair to you today, today, you're allowed to actually have a monster during this podcast. But oh, well, usually fa- usually thanks, it's not mom. allowed. Thanks for uh, allowing me to do that. <laughs> Very much appreciated. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, but yeah, today it's kind of fallen on from last week's podcast, I suppose, which was to do with sleep, which I think a lot of you guys really enjoyed, found it very insightful. So this I suppose kind of correlates a little bit to that. And um, I've also just done a, a YouTube video on where I did a full day of, of basically drinking energy drinks for the day, which is which is quite interesting. You were really, so hyper. I was hyper. Imagine, was imagine quick. the hyper after like two energy drinks, and this was like, whoa, yeah. calm the fuck so down. So you want to check that out on my YouTube channel as well. It's a bit more like a, a comical version, but mm. um, I suppose the reason why I wanted to address caffeine today was I think it does get a very negative um, it's a connotation from like the media yeah. and certain people depending on what your experience of caffeine is but just to kind of kick off and give you an overview of actually what caffeine is caffeine is a, a central nervous system stimulant is the world's most widely consumed psychoactive drug and one of the only drugs that we actually give to use and children yeah that's true. what age what age, what's the limit well is there is there like an age limit on caffeine um, I don't know 100%, but if you think about like you'd give a child a Diet Coke, it obviously has yeah. a yeah, certain yeah, yeah. amount of caffeine in. So it's one of the only drugs that we do give to use in children, obviously. The thing the, the thing with this is, um, and my issue is, is that often, and I know you've had it before, when you go into supermarkets and it's like, oh, have you got ID for your monster or your energy I drink? I always get ID'd. I think it's 18, I think, but I think you have to be 16 to drink it. My issue with that is that someone can go and get kickbacked or k-beads from asda for a monster but then you could walk into starbucks or mm-hmm. whatever other coffee shop you go to and quite happily pick up a, a cup of coffee yeah definitely and i think the thing is with caffeine as well it's one of the most commonly used ingredients in the world and as ben said it's it, the the point of caffeine is to stimulate the brain and the CNS, so your central nervous system, to help you stay alert, stay awake, prevent the feelings of fatigue. And you obviously find it in so many things that I don't think people even consider. Obviously, tea, coffee, and cacao plants are the main things where caffeine comes from, and you have it in. But obviously, your diet cokes that you're giving to your kids on holiday and stuff like that as well. And then parents are so against energy drinks. It's very kind of backwards. Obviously, a diet drinks and stuff have a really minimal amount in, but they still have a small dose. Um, yeah. Before we dive into, I suppose, the, the juice of the mm. podcast, I really just want to say um, thank you to a young lady who sent um, me and Lucy these, um, I think they're called Brain Co. Brain Co., um, Headpieces. It basically looks like if you've ever seen X Men and you've seen Cyclops, it looks like one of those. So it's like a headpiece that you put on, um, which is it's supposed to help with. I think it looks like brainwave visualization, um, neuroplasticity improvement, attention to training and relaxation, and gives you some real time feedback and reporting on kind of how relaxed you are, how focused you are, how aware your brain is. Um, apparently, it's. It, I think the the research that they've been doing is down like. Is it Harvard University? Yeah, I think it's Harvard. Uh, and they're doing a lot of research with 
the GB um, Olympic weightlifting team. Uh, and I think it, it says it's been featured in like NASA technology and it's, it looks like a good bit of kit. Oh, it's been used by a USA weightlifting team. Yeah, so... Actually, these actually come from America, so it's not... Is it Harvard that's in America? I think it's Harvard it was, get, it was getting used by. Um, but these headpieces, we're going to kind of be having a little play with, aren't we? Seeing, I suppose, what our brain is saying. Yeah, yeah. We'll obviously let you know how it goes as well. But I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how caffeine actually works. So I guess a little bit of the science behind caffeine. Now, once it's consumed, it's quickly absorbed from the gut into the bloodstream. And its main effect is on the brain. So obviously your central nervous system and things like that. It functions by blocking the effects of adenosine, which is a neurotransmitter that actually relaxes the brain and makes you feel tired. So normally adenosine levels build up over the day, making you increasingly more tired and causing you to want to go to sleep. And I always used to get this really bad at university around three o'clock. I think that's quite a common time where a lot of people start to reach for the the third or fourth coffee and then the monsters or whatever. Now, caffeine helps you stay awake by connecting to adenosine receptors in the brain without activating them. And this blocks the effect essentially of adenosine, which makes you not feel tired. So obviously with caffeine the purpose of it is to promote a state of arousal to stay alert to be focused and I think this is why as well I don't understand why caffeine does have such a bad name when there are so many positive effects to it and it is so quick to work so say for example if you had one cup of coffee and this can just be like a small average size of coffee not a Lucy Davis coffee It can take as little as 20 minutes to reach the bloodstream and about an hour to reach its full effectiveness. And I think as well, and this is something I've only just clocked onto as to why on the back of pre-workouts, it says consume an hour before your session. Because when you obviously hit that hour... Someone do say 30 minutes. Yeah, so so this one here is like 20 minutes to reach the bloodstream. So anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour... that's obviously why with pre-workouts they say on the back of them have an hour before your session because if you have it at the gym it'll hit you (laughs) by by the end of your session so actually that is a well important thing to consider to have caffeine an hour to 30 minutes before your actual workout yeah that is like if you look at it the way that that um system works for sleep in the body it almost like pushes down on you so it like pushes you into going to sleep, mm. which is obviously like when you use caffeine, it, it, it obviously stops it blocks that from it, yeah. happening. But adenosine, the two sleep systems which help us fall asleep and wake up is obviously adenosine and the circadian rhythm, but they don't actually work in tangent. So adenosine obviously increases as we get closer to nighttime to help us go to sleep and then it peaks at like 4am and starts to trough off again, whereas the circadian rhythm obviously drops towards... Mm the evening and, and picks up um and you kind of have that melatonin release which helps us to fall asleep but when um we suppress adenosine with caffeine it actually comes back waiting like a wet fart and it's <laughs> you want caffeine less system so if you're that type of person who like we talked about last week consumes a lot of caffeine to try and stay awake for exams or whatever it is you're just kind of like masking it and adenosine is, is yeah. going to eventually come back it's waiting to, to leaves 
um, your bloodstream. But the way that that happens is that it's actually, caffeine's actually removed from the body via an enzyme in the liver, which degrades the, the amount of caffeine that's in the system. So some people's enzyme is a bit more efficient. So for example, for me, I can drink quite a bit of caffeine, can't I? It doesn't really... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty solid as well. Yeah. <laughs> get get you, I meant, eh? you I are, meant in terms of I can so just drink hard. quite a bit of caffeine as well. I'm, I'm solid with caffeine. Don't nobody touch me. Solid. But some people's like it'll take them a little bit longer to get rid of the caffeine, and this is where it comes down to caffeine's half life, which can can kind of be like five to seven hours. Mm. So that's why I would say in last week, in regards to when you're consuming caffeine, you need to be quite sensible. Because if you're going to have a, a coffee at 7.30 at night, six hours later, you'll still have like 100 milligrams of caffeine in your system, mm. possibly like one or two in the morning. Although you might be able to get to sleep, often sleep is impaired by just having 100 milligrams still in the system. So it's just something to, to kind of be aware of, I suppose. And the thing with adenosine receptors is that be- one of us is definitely saying that wrong as well. I say adenosine yeah. and you say adenosine. If anyone knows... <laughs> Let us know. I'm just gonna say I'm right because I'm right. I think yours sounds more realistic. Mine sounds a bit strange. Yours sounds quite American, but Adenosine. sign. It's like it's, bit, it's like when you say uh, vitamin or vitamin. 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 <laughs> um, but the thing with adenosine is receptors that they become less sensitive to caffeine with, respe- with repeated exposure. So the more caffeine that a person has, the less sensitive the adenosine receptors become. I building up a tolerance to, to caffeine. Yeah, I've, I think I have quite a solid Do you remember the old office that we used to have, the old, old office? Yeah. And I used to tank like four months then per day and I could have one at like 10 o'clock at night and just fall asleep. Yeah, well, the, when I first started working with you and I was doing like my dissertation and I was like a full-time coach and everything was a bit hectic in my life, I, Lucy Davis, could have three monsters a day. Were you having three monsters when you were working with me? Yeah, and bear in mind, I, I don't have right monsters at all. I have rain cans. I'll have like one every so often. I, Lucy Davis, used to be able to have three monsters and now I can't drink them, so... I mean, again, though, people think that that's bad, but it's exactly the same as having free coffee. Oh, yeah, but I only have one and I'm coffee. I'm going to get into now, that more I? why it pisses me off, that, but it gets such a negative um, connotation, connotation effect yeah. spoken about. Yeah, so we wanted to actually give you some examples of the amount of caffeine in certain popular drinks. Now, the first one is your standard venti or large Americano from like Costa or Starbucks. 300 milligrams of caffeine, a grande latte, 150 milligrams, a blonde cafe Americano, which is probably like a sugary, shitty Starbucks drink, 340 milligrams of caffeine in one drink, a brewed decaf coffee has 30 milligrams, so decaf and green tea still have caffeine in them, Monster Zero Ultra has 140 which is the lowest, basically, so this far, one, except the, the decaf. I've got, I think, 200 milligrams, though. It depends on the size of it. Oh, and Ben's is 200 milligrams. Again, that is the same as the B4 Bomb pre-workout from USM, which is 200 milligrams. Now, when you actually look into this further in terms of our daily recommendation, it's 400 milligrams of caffeine to be classed as being safe. Now, this is around two to four cups of coffee per day. And it is worth noting 
that fatal overdoses have been reported with single doses of 500 milligrams. So obviously... Sorry, do you know what the lethal dose is there? No. Lethal dose of, of caffeine is cost of 10 grams. What? Mm-hmm. 10? Yeah. That's in the Diet Coke. No, that's 10 milligrams. 10 grams. Oh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, that is insane. How, how do you, so you'd have to have like three, six, nine. To be fair, I bet some people have three venti Starbucks a day. There'll be somebody out there who has That's three venti enough, Starbucks. That's one gram. So you'd have to have it in, you'd have to have that amount. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure it's that 10 grams. That is so much caffeine. But no, that, you'd obviously need absolutely tons of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's obviously the dose to, to kill you. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. And just something that I wanted to kind of touch on there that I think is a bit, it's a bit odd. Not, I don't know if it's odd, but so obviously 200 milligrams is recommended per dose and 400 for the day, which is pretty standard. I probably have around that because I do tend to have decaf coffee when it goes past a certain time because I personally just like the taste of it. So Starbucks sell their venti drinks at around 340 milligrams of caffeine in one in one coffee I used to have that when I was like 14 15 I used to have like the caramel coffee venti shit things that I don't even know what they are I was like 16 and I was having 340 milligrams of caffeine without even knowing so I, I could now get ID'd for buying a monster but I don't go into this Starbucks and get ID'd when that Starbucks drink has double the amount of a Monster Zero Ultra Please explain, actually more than double, yeah. like it's nearly triple this is what pisses, the amount of caffeine. This is what pisses me off though, because people don't understand what's in energy drinks, which is what I'm going to talk about in a minute. And people get put off or something happens in the media and it's like, oh, energy drinks was the problem. He drank an energy. No, he fucking never. He had too much caffeine. The, the, the killer isn't in the consumption, consumption. It's in the quantity of what you drink anything. And... Um, just, I've got this chart up now, which is called the Caffeine Informer. And like, look at some of these coffees on here. Some of these coffees, like a biohazard coffee, I mean, straight away. What the fuck is biohazard coffee? Yeah. That's obviously a brand, but 928 milligrams of, co- of caffeine is in that. Oh my God, that one's naughty there. The Starbucks Classic Cafe Mocha, 510. Five, yeah, <gasps> Starbucks Classic Cafe Mocha, 510 milligrams of caffeine. That's what I I used to get something like that the venti caramel mocha things. Look at that busy oh. busy cold brew seven hundred and fifty milligrams of coffee. I mean I don't know what caffeine. these are at the top. Sorry caffeine, black label brewed coffee one thousand five hundred and fifty five milligrams of caffeine. I mean that's just literally. I don't. Ridiculous. That's just fucking rocket fuel, isn't it? Why would like? But this is the thing though. So you buy things like that in a supermarket. You order it from Starbucks. You order it wherever. And you don't get ID'd, but you get ID'd for Monster and Energy Drink and Low Sugar Red Bull, and it it baffles me. This is well, this is what I want to delve into now. Go on, and here you know we go. He's energy very drink passionate about I this. Drink them quite often, so let me just have a sip before we dive into this. They are actually the thing about energy drinks as well, which is what I find and why I do <clears> tend to have them is they are actually really filling. Yeah, that's one of the main reasons why people drink them for satiety, especially when you're dieting. That's why I tend to drink them more, but. Obviously, the purpose of this, it's it, a bit of a disclaimer. Like, I'm not saying go out and tank loads of energy drinks in. I'm not saying that because, like, if anything in life, it's all about balance. But I think the media confuses a lot of people with energy drinks, and that's what pisses me off a lot because 
I think, for example, now if I hold this up and we look at the um, nutritional information panel, like there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of different chemicals you don't really know. There's a lot of things that were long words. A lot of things that if you look at it would probably look like chemical warfare or probably mm. make you a little bit uneasy. But the thing is, and this is why it's annoying, is that people look at things or the media looks at things and it's like, oh, it's, I had an argument with someone on Facebook. Um, I posted the other day and I hate arguing with people on Facebook, but this person annoyed me because they knew absolutely nothing about what was in energy drinks. And I was like, well, you just need to take a, a seat a second while I explain mm-hmm. to you what's going on. Um, and it's exactly the same. If you were to look at the nutritional panel um, in depth for what's in water, water is full of chemicals. It's a chemical profile that makes up water. Mm-hmm. So just because you're drinking chemicals or there's a chemical list on a nutritional information, everything is made up of chemicals. So that is one thing that people just need to chill on a little bit and not be too worried about. And I know the long list of ingredients on it is sometimes daunting to people. I pulled up the, um, yesterday on my YouTube channel, the um, long ingredient list that is in a peach. Mm-hmm. If you look how many ingredients in a peach or even a blueberry, like... <laughs> The ingredient list is huge. Yeah. It's full of loads of chemicals. People just think it's this natural versus synthetic debate that really pulls on people's heartstrings. It's like, oh, it's so bad for you because for us, bullshit. There's more chemicals in a blueberry. I mean, if you looked at probably the ingredients for a piece of toast, bear in mind I have seven a day. Again, it would be that same argument like, oh my God, there's so many ingredients. Yeah, but it's not bad for you yeah, in certain quantity and the same with that natural nature verse is it what is it nature verse nature debate or natural verse synthetic debate well a bear in the wild is nature but it's still going to rip your fucking head off it doesn't mean that not everything that, what i'm trying to say is not everything that is grown it is natural is good for you yeah smoking a load of weed isn't good for you cocaine is grown on plants doesn't mean it's good for you mm. and that's what we need to get away from sometimes a little bit and I know the big thing for most people, and this is where all the hippies and tree huggers come out to play and start charming up, is when it comes to aspartamine. So aspartamine is um, a artificial sweetener. You'll find it a lot in like diet drinks, Diet Coke, Monster, energy drinks. You'll often put it in your coffee uh, to make it taste a little bit sweeter. It's obviously a alternative to sugar because aspartamine is 200 times sweeter than sugar which means we need a tiny, tiny amount of it so we don't have obviously why it's zero used. calories, so which is which is why it's used. And it was obviously approved by the FDA before the Food Drug Administration years and years ago. And I don't know where, like, the whole stigma of it came. Like, the start, I started seeing things like it's going to make your ears fall off, it'll give you cancer, it'll give you tumours. And there's been loads of research published. Well, I suppose there hasn't been that much research published because there isn't any research to say that aspartamine is actually bad for you. Can- the cancer, I think the United States Cancer Society found no link between aspartamine and increasing cancer, which was what the I think a lot of people were trying to say that it caused. And there's been no evidence to say that you should be worried about consumption of aspartamine at all. There's been no research at all. I feel like there's obviously so many bias and things like this. It's like when we watch that What the, what the Health and apparently like having two eggs is having a pack of cigarettes. And it's just like, where is that research coming from? And you can always think with research, you have to kind of, obviously everyone has their own opinion and there's always two sides, but people in the media, people on Netflix series, they just pull out what what they want to tell people. They don't give two sides. Obviously we're saying, yeah, obviously don't have over 400 milligrams a day, but 
having a zero ultra can yeah. isn't bad for you. We're giving you both sides of the story and it's when just to, not a lot of people do that. When we're talking research as well, someone sent me um, something on Instagram and I was talking about Kathy in the other week and they go, oh, we'll look at this um, piece of research. It wasn't a piece of research. It was a fucking article by the Daily Mail. You're better off wiping your arse of it. Like, it's just got no relevance. And that's where with a sport. I mean, like, when we look at the allowance that you may have per day, the FDA has actually recommended that you can have 50 milligrams of a sport, I mean, per kilogram of body weight. Now, that, for the average person, would mean that you could consume about 21 to 25 <laughs> cans of, of energy That's drink so or diet coke crazy. obviously not energy drinks because you'd have a caffeine overdose but like diet cokes per day mm. every single day for the rest of your life and that would be a healthy amount so even if you skipped a day and didn't have any diet cokes you'd be way under again you'd have to have it every single day for the rest of your life to even be at like a healthy limit not I, even going over. And I feel like that's not even humanly possible to have 21 cans a day. You'd absolutely... Bl- I mean, I have a sip of Coke and I balloon. I don't know why. Well, you'd be shitting through the eye of a needle, so the least as well. Yeah, or that's just... So that statistic in general, I feel like it speaks a thousand words to a lot of people. Well, and then the only other thing that is in energy drinks is B vitamins. B vitamin. Um, but there's not really enough in there to do anything with the B vitamins. There's not enough um, of a high dose of it and B vitamins don't offer like any stimulant the other thing that is quite often in there is L-carnitine which is actually shown to help your sperm quantity it's obviously always helpful but again there's not enough in there to really help too much with that again you can pick up some some of them that um like the the USN do the drinks which have like more in there because the BCA slash energy drink that's sometimes an alternative that people use they're kind of like you know the smaller cans as opposed to months and stuff and again I think the one of the main ones that obviously gets a bad name is, is, is Red Bull because that's like one of the OGs that's been around for years, isn't it? Yeah, well, they just obviously with Red Bull for ages, they they just had like the non-sugar ones for so long. I just remember like the dark blue and silver cans yeah. and they had them for ages and then they introduced the like zero sugar. So I think that's more so why Red Bull, because I mean, if you had a full sugar can of Red Bull, don't bother. Have yeah. the diet don't drink, one. Don't drink like, your calories. Don't drink your calories. It's not worth it. But I think that's why Red Bull definitely has more of a bad name. Yeah, I think you're right there. And because I think with Monster, they bought out the Ultra ones like pretty quick, well quick, like the zero cows. Yeah, and do in those little ones of Red Bull, by the way, there's only 80 milligrams of caffeine. 80. It's basically, a diet coke. Well, I don't know what's the diet coke. Maybe it's a bit more. But what you just brought up there is actually quite a good fact as well, because that's a lot of people's argument as well. Look at all the sugar in there. Um, any drinks most any drinks now don't have any sugar in and i think the other thing that we need to be careful is not demonizing sugar at the same time because for one sugar isn't as addictive as cocaine it doesn't have the same effect on the brain you don't see people dealing little packs of sugar in nightclubs at night do you and like i said on my youtube video i've never seen a nan's spoonful of a big gram of charlie into a coffee and mix it in it just doesn't work the same way yeah definitely not definitely not so i think we wanted to talk to you about some of the benefits of caffeine as well now the first one that i wanted to touch on is it's only a slight one but just improved brain function because there was a study and there's quite a few studies around this anyway that report that after participants ingest 37.5 up to 450 milligrams of caffeine they had improved alertness short-term recall and reaction time so obviously if you're and we'd never obviously 
tell people or recommend people to like cane it in to always no. be alert and always be this like you do it for kind of certain situations and this is where like I personally have the experience from sport performance and enhancing exercise enhancing performance and things like that now I'm so pro caffeine by the way like I think it's a great supplement oh yeah I'm I'm pro caffeine in in moderation because I yeah. have um quite bad anxiety so I wouldn't never push it past that level where it's too much but but we'll talk about side effects after now caffeine may increase the use of fat as fuel and that's just a common thing that I, I just wanted to let you know and this is beneficial because it can help the glucose stored in muscles last a little bit longer potentially delaying the time it takes your muscles to reach exhaustion and it may also improve muscle contraction increased tolerance fatigue and like I said before reaction time now I know quite a lot about this because when I was a swimmer and I do not agree with this by the way this is something that was kind of I actually would say forced upon us and we were told to do it because I was around 16 at the time you don't really know none the wiser this was coming from a nutritionist we listened to our nutritionist because we were young it's the holy grail we before big competitions so say like British champs or if we were racing abroad and for finals and things so finals were always in the evening we were recommended to take so for a girl me 16 I think the boys had like 12 um eight tablets of pro plus over the course of an hour before the race and you'd always have your last one 20 minutes before I don't condone this I don't even like really like think pro plus are that beneficial like have a cup of coffee instead and two tablets of pro plus contain 100 milligrams of caffeine so eight tablets is 400 milligrams of caffeine which is your daily dose i used to have eight tablets within a 40 minute window before my race so you full daily allowance in one full go. daily allowance in 40 minutes bear in mind i feel like when you're younger your allowance would not be even that high i feel like when you're 15 16 it's probably more like 300 oh, yeah, 250 yeah. like that was way above and i honestly so we used to have it and we always used to just have it before our sprinting events, our shorter distance events, so like 50 meter fly. You do the race, but what you had to make sure is that you weren't racing the next morning or the race the next morning wasn't an important event because that night you will not sleep. Bear is it in how mind, late you used to have them? So finals were always at night. You could have them as late at like half seven. At night? At night, depending on when you were racing, what you were doing. So we used to have these used to lie in bed that night the room would spin I'd lie there on my back I wouldn't sleep all night I'd get up and race the next day have to nap in the day ready for like more finals at night if we had them I look back on that now and I literally think what the hell were they thinking like like have a freaking espresso before my race if you really wanted to stim me with caffeine yeah because at one o'clock at night you'd still have about 200 milligrams of caffeine in your system trying to sleep probably more like the, the it was just I look back at it now, I'm like, that is absolutely crazy. And I don't think there was much research into that. Bear in mind, a 15, 16-year-old girl having that is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, don't agree with it. One of the things with caffeine performance is that it doesn't really have a massive positive impact on um, short-duration mm. exercise or like really quick birth. It's it's a lot better for those who do endurance exercise yeah anyway. which is why so i think as well because what always used to happen we used to get really bad heart palpitations when we had that many pro pluses so we couldn't last longer in 
more than 50 meters or 100 meters because your heart would beat so yeah. fast you'd tire out and what a weird thing by the way because i completely now agree that it enhances performance in in the the quantity that you'd need so I, mm-hmm. i'll have an espresso before the gym i'll have the b4 bomb pre-workout around an hour before which is only 200 and that's me like done for the day you're with coffee consumption at the moment then so i have a coffee in the morning i reckon that's around 200 250 because ours are quite big yeah I, don't, I mean that man's not as big as yours in the morning because i know you like to top yours up I and do stuff top as well my coffee up. i love a coffee in the morning it's just like for me it's like a psychological thing i absolutely love it, it gets me out but i could have a decaf and i wouldn't tell the difference I have it get up and then I, I say it around if we go to the coffee shop I'll always get a coffee I'll always get a flat white yes so I, I reckon that's like 200 maybe 150 200 because they're tiny yeah but that's it yeah I mean with my consumption like not a lot of mine comes from coffee because I'm a big uh, decaf drinker when I have coffee mm. I don't really like to get I like the taste of coffee but not to the extent that I do I like to take no I love the taste of coffee I just prefer to get my caffeine from an energy drink yeah. or something that's a bit more filling so a lot of my caffeine consumption comes really on the day which is obviously a good thing it's it's always come from that and I think that was just something that was subconscious it wasn't something that was planned because first thing I'll do in the morning is have my coffee and a water mm. then like I'm having this monster now but I wouldn't usually have it this time I'd usually have it about 12 wouldn't I yeah which is generally the kind of last time I'll drink caffeine a day because I'll have my coffee which is like 200 milligrams of caffeine yeah then have a pre-workout which is generally around 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine depending on what pre it is because we have one that's stimulant based and then we have one which is pump based the two different types of pre-workouts bear in mind you don't always have pre-workout no no do i it's just like on three three times a week usually like lower days or big muscle group days like back so then i'll have a pre and then i'll generally have my, my energy drink around 11 12 o'clock but when we when we're like back from the gym and stuff so all my caffeine is generally consumed by 12 o'clock and it's sort of around 500 milligrams of caffeine as is kind of my limit i don't i used to have more than any drinks per day but at the moment i generally have one don't i and then later on i'll have diet cokes or diet drinks and stuff so mm. my consumption's around 500 milligrams i've, I've gen- 400 to 500 milligrams i've generally had it by 12 1 o'clock which is where most of my caffeine bear in mind is. is as well obviously ben does have a pretty high tolerance and he's also a 90 kilogram male mm-hmm. and i'm a 143 pound female so they they will vary from person to person like i said to you like i don't go over like 350 ish because yeah. i have anxiety and, and it's it- just something that I'd, I just don't do to myself. And then you made that comparison to like Mrs. Miggins down the road who's 80 years old. Her tolerance again is going to be... 100. A lot different. And the the older you are, generally the longer it takes to um, decrease the amount of caffeine that's in your system and, and kind of move it from your bloodstream as well. Yeah. Now, with caffeine, like the consumption of it is generally considered... Oh. Oh, sorry. Jumped, jumped ahead of me there, haven't you? Oh, I said my, my benefits, benefits and I forgot about Ben's. So the, 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 the kind of notes that I've made on the benefits of caffeine is obviously one that one uses the cluster, which is energy levels. We all know it's going to help to increase that. But also when we're looking at like a fat burning point of view, mm. caffeine is really good because it's been shown to raise your metabolic rate, even sometimes up to 11%, which is obviously going to help us burn more energy, i.e. more calories. So it's good from a fat loss point of view. It's also going to help like we just discussed performance benefits which is why your coach probably give it you 
the force women obviously not to that amount Degree. but it helps release hormones that help to break stored fat as fatty acids i.e. Mm-hmm. fat oxidation so we use fat it helps to use fat sorry helps to use fat as energy as, as opposed to like carbs or glycogen which helps us keep glycogen stores which is is really beneficial so i that- think just on that point there just one thing to know about fat burners if you are overweight or you're looking pardon no i know but i'm just thinking before from what you said about like burning fat and things like that when people take fat burners because caffeine is the main oh he's got a topic on fat burners maybe you can talk about it now are you sure um i've personally never taken fat burners if you are already overweight or if you're on a weight loss journey or you're looking to lose a bit of fat do not take a fat burner i know the name is very selling it makes you want to, to buy it to burn fat. Caffeine is the main ingredient in fat burners. Ben's going to tell you a little bit more about them in general in terms of who should take them, which is not a lot of people, may I just add. Yeah, yeah. so fat burners, um, one of the main ingredients in it is obviously caffeine. Now, I don't recommend fat burners to hold anyone. Fat burners, and this is going to sound harsh, but fat burners are not for fat people. Fat burners are for people who are dieting down to low body fat percentages who are already really low in body fat and they're looking to shift that last bit of body fat. Um, They're already in a calorie deficit. They might already be doing a lot of cardio. They might have been dieting for a prolonged period of time. The reason why sometimes fat burners are beneficial to these kind of people, so you're probably looking at a small percentage of people, sometimes even competitors, Mm is because they're already doing everything possible in regards to the diet, the training, to lo- lose body fat, and they're starting to hit a plateau. So the reason why a fat burn is sometimes good is because we know that caffeine helps to boost energy levels. So it's going to help this person move more. And if you're moving more, you know that you're expending more energy, i.e. calories. So it's going to help bring up those neat levels a little bit, which is our non-exercise activity thermogenesis in order for people's energy uh, output to increase. So that's why fat burners are sometimes good for these people to get the last bit of fat off to help them them move more yeah definitely and i feel like a lot of people when people are selling you fat burners online or whatever they sell it as it's going to melt your fat yeah fat burn doesn't burn fat doesn't burn fat it doesn't melt melt your fat it's not a freaking candle so please don't fall for that trap and waste your money yeah unless it's like completely necessary and you've had the proper advice yeah do everything possible first for your diet and for your training obviously there is some other benefits to fat burners such as um, they will help suppress appetite a little bit. Mm. So some of them will help to suppress appetite. So then obviously you're not delving into loads of stuff and eating all sorts. But I'd say again, a lot of people tend to overeat at nighttime. So taking a fat burn later on to suppress appetite then isn't going to be beneficial because you don't want your caffeine consumption too high later on. So I'm not an avid fan of fat burners, but it's, it's okay for a small percent of the population I suppose the other thing that obviously caffeine does is that it helps combat fatigue so you can perform for longer and recover better and I was obviously speaking to you yesterday about that experiment that I was talking about with caffeine and cyclists which I think would probably be quite interesting to your mum and dad because I know that avid avid cyclists as well sorry this is why he doesn't drink monster (laughs) it makes me gassy um but they did an experiment basically on cyclists who were caffeinated 
and those who didn't consume any caffeine. And they, they found that the performance was up. God, sorry. It was up by 20%, 20%, which is a big increase in performance. Mm. And this is what I was saying in respect to the different types of performers or different types of athletes who take caffeine is that it's a lot more beneficial to those who do endurance-based activity. There actually isn't that much research to show that weightlifters will have that much difference in performance because it's, it's a really short type of exercise and uses different energy systems. However, if you are an elite or advanced lifter, then caffeine will help. So it won't help like these newbies really, but it will help those who are like advanced lifters. Mm. So if yeah, you've been in the gym sense. for a while, but you would need a hit of around about 300 milligrams of caffeine for that to be beneficial for when you're in the purpose of the gym, which is kind of around the, the hit you get from a, a, a strong pre-workout. Yeah, you'd have to like maybe potentially double scoop it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So side effects of caffeine. Now, we obviously do want to touch on them because there are side effects of caffeine. Mm-hmm. There's, it, It's a drug at the end of the day. Now, caffeine consumption is generally considered safe. Obviously, we've been through quite a lot with you there. Although it is habit forming, which basically means it can become very addictive and a lot of people rely on it so I hear like the common phrase like oh I need a co- uh, I need coffee like I can't stay awake like oh my god I need coffee I'm gonna die like it becomes very kind of you're so dependent on it or pre-workout's actually quite a bad one people then start taking pre-workout every single day and it kind of loses it loses its effect because you don't feel you're going to have a good enough workout or performance in the gym without it because you've had it for so long and I guarantee if you had like some sort of little break from caffeine or just like reduce your quantity and still took it like before like one rep maxes or strength or I don't know what you're going to do in sport you'll probably find it a lot more beneficial and you won't actually rely on it as much as you think you need same as if in your if you're in a working environment and it gets to three o'clock and every time at three o'clock you have a coffee, I guarantee if you switch to a decaf, you probably wouldn't know the distance, like the distance, the difference. Psychologically, your your brain still thinks you're drinking a black coffee, mm-hmm. but it just obviously doesn't have that stim effect. Yeah. But that's what I did. I switched to decaf and you can't tell a scrap of difference. Yeah, well... They're the people who, like the office workers who are tanking back loads of coffee each day, who are probably the ones who are telling you, oh, you shouldn't be drinking any drinks with the bad for you. Although they're the ones with the trigger-happy coffee arm who will quite casually sink like five or six coffees in a day. It could be even in taking like a, around a gram of caffeine. Mm. So that's why that's what annoys me so much is that people will happily tank a load of coffees in, but then will sort of preach to those who drink energy drinks that it's bad for you. And generally, most of the time, those people who are drinking... Any um, no sugar energy drinks or diet drinks are those who are more conscious about the health. If someone's carrying a, a diet monster round or diet coke, generally those people are the ones who are more conscious about the health, who are making a decision to try and better their health. So they're going, oh, do you know, I'll have a diet drink with no sugar because I want to try and save calories and try and lower weight a little bit, as opposed to who are going to bounce into Starbucks and buy a, mm. a caramel frap. So generally these are the people who will potentially be healthier. Yeah, definitely. One of the side effects that I briefly just touched on before was if you have like excess amounts of caffeine, again, everyone's tolerance is different, completely different. You, it can lead to things like anxiety, 
uh, restlessness, tremors, irregular heartbeat, and trouble sleeping. Now, they're all very, very common side effects. If you're not an anxious person, you probably won't obviously have the effect of anxiety. If you don't sleep very well and have caffeine, you'll struggle with sleep. So it's knowing your own, I guess, your own limits. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I won't have over a certain amount because my heart will beat so fast. I'll feel it in my throat. I feel like I instantly get anxiety if I have too much caffeine and I know that I know my tolerance and I think it's important for you listening know your own tolerance yeah 100% I think just drawing back on what you just spoke about then I've never told you about this before but I had a pre-workout a long time ago called craze Mm. when I went to the gym like quite late at night and I was going to meals straight afterwards I'm sure I had about 400 milligrams of caffeine in the pre-workout but I've never had such a come down in my whole life. Like I was sitting at the table, the waitress was bringing me over jug after jug after jug of water. One, I was quite dehydrated, but I felt like my heart was going to pound through my chest. I felt like I was having a heart attack. The, the thing with that was that caffeine wasn't the only ingredient in that pre-workout. There's a, an ingredient which is now banned in the UK that used to be in it because I think someone died from a pre-workout oh called God. Jack 3D when they did a marathon. I mean, probably not the best thing to do is to take a pre-workout that's going to get you you absolutely hype before you run a marathon because there was something in it called, oh, what's that fat burner called that they banned? Wasn't it in that shreddable one as well? Yes, it was in that as well. I can't remember oh, what it's the, called. The substance is going to absolutely piss me right off now because I don't remember what we'll it's called. We'll have to just write it somewhere. I've got, some, I've got the single ingredient in the cupboard there. Why? I had it from ages ago because it's a good fat burn substance. Oh. You can still buy it as a single ingredient. That's interesting that you can buy it singularly not in. They probably did oh, that though because so much. people didn't know that that substance was in it's, ash- it's not ashwagandha. No, ashwagandha's great. Um, it's something like that. But yeah, that's probably actually why they did it. They probably took it out of pre-workouts because a lot of the time people actually don't read all the ingredients on the back of pre-workouts or they don't actually know they don't actually know what the ingredients are there's that i don't i mean i don't know what all the ingredients are either but if we remember what that's called we will oh, let you yeah, know put, it's gonna annoy me that so much now but it's yeah i can't remember but i think one of the terms that you touched on there was quite good which is you said that people sometimes become reliant on it mm. a lot a lot of people think that you can have a caffeine addiction you don't really have a caffeine addiction because well caffeine does produce a small rise in dopamine it does not cause like a, the large surge that unbalances the reward circuits in the in the brain, for which is what causes an addiction. So even though the word addiction is often used quite casually with like coffee drinkers or caffeine d- drinkers, it's not actually addictive. Mm. It's just something that is used. It's not the same kind of drug. It doesn't have the same circuit or reward system. The symptom though that is most is often noticed by people going for like a lot of caffeine is, and this is something that I want to talk about is the whole withdrawal sort of effect from caffeine that some people have i know i've seen a lot of people who have weaned themselves off caffeine or caffeine out in order to a lot of people don't do this not because they want to necessarily get rid of caffeine from the whole life a lot of people do it because they want to reset the tolerance because after a while what will happen is that you your body's tolerance does become higher and the only way that you can get the same effect is like by increasing the amount of caffeine that you actually drink does that make sense yeah, yeah. it's like of a drug a lot of people like they'll take a bit of i don't know charlie on a night out but then if they want to get a, the same kind of feeling then they have to take more of it the same with caffeine yeah, but obviously yeah, you get yeah. to a point where having too much caffeine becomes dangerous so the only way that you can get that same kind of feeling effect again is to 
um, I suppose it's called like a receptor reset where you decrease the amount of caffeine or completely cut it out in order to get that same effect again. So, well, do you remember when I did that? I think it was like a year ago. I cut caffeine out for a week. I did a YouTube video and I, I cut caffeine for a week. How did you feel? I felt all right. I, I to be fair, I got quite bad headaches. That's one of the things. Well, I've made some which I think there. you can definitely tend to get if you do cut caffeine out and you've had it for ages. You might experience headaches, but it's kind of like you go through that. I guess like a withdrawal, yeah, and then exactly you feel better. When coming off caffeine, people often feel very tired, sometimes drowsy, and sometimes have more difficulty concentrating. Some people can even feel like depressed or irritable mm. from having it, depending on what your caffeine intake was. And occasionally people with withdrawing from caffeine also experience can even experience like flu like symptoms. Yeah. I um, think I, I so got like, I, yeah, I got yeah. Like completely. nausea, uh, sometimes people get muscle pain, stiffness. So it's it de- it's dependent on how much you're having and how you kinda of cut her out. So there's two different ways that you can reset your caffeine tolerance. Um, one of those is a caffeine tolerance reset. So basically what you do is have like a sort of detox and eliminate caffeine from the system and then it allows it to like restore itself like after a two week period. Um, sometimes it can take longer depending on how much your caffeine consumption is at that time, but you cut out and then it allows you to suppose like introduce, introduce it again it. and at a, a lower dose. The other thing that you can do is use caffeine occasionally instead of all the time to kind of intermittent with it and that can sometimes help with your tolerance to caffeine. Obviously if you're going to do like a reset in regards to like completely cutting out there's different ways that you can do it. One is going to be cold turkey where is that what you did where you completely cut it out? Yeah cut it out for a week. Where you can completely cut it out or what you can do is like a, a slow detox so you slowly um, bring down the amount, reduce it, reduce it the amount that you I think that would work better. Some t- some people are just impatient and want like a reset straight away and kind yeah. of cut it out straight away. Um, but just from personal experience, like if you completely cut it out, you end up like just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so weird, but it is obviously classed as a drug and it can be classed as an addiction. I don't think I was addicted to caffeine and I'm not. But if you do cut something out completely, it's like, it's like for example, if you switch that to like a food group, if somebody completely cut out carbohydrates, all they would think about was carbs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think... Don't, you don't need to do that, by the way. Don't cut out that's carbs. That's the thing that we talk about with food, with food as well as reduction re- rever- uh, reduction versus removal. Mm. And sometimes I think if you completely remove something that's been a staple for a long time, it makes you crave it more. Yeah, So it, it depends on the person. But I think you've been looking at there was one of the ingredients that we were looking at for the pre-workouts was a DMA. Yeah, DMA, yeah, and, and then oxyphilidin. I'm not too sure. And there's quite a few substances that I've been banned in pre's actually. But I can't remember what the big one was. It's going to really annoy me that now. But. We'll have to like pop it in the um, description or something just saying, guys, this was the uh, thing that was banned. Mm-hmm. But that is today's episode all about caffeine. Obviously, the pros, a few of the side effects. On, I guess like our personal experience, and this is what the podcast is all yeah. about. We're telling you yeah. things from our personal experience and how we felt. And, and, and yeah, we just hope it's super valuable. Yeah. I think one of the things that you can do now is that you, if you've got that person who's like a trigger-happy coffee fan, but sitting there going, oh, you shouldn't be drinking monster because it's bad to you. Now you can sit there and go, well, do you know what, mate? Fuck off. This is what the truth is about it. This is this, this, and this. This is the reasons why I am drinking one. This is the kind of pros and I am in control of the consumption. Because as we said before, the big, big thing that we want you to take away is that the killer is not in the consumption but in the quantity of what you are having. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to have a little bit more 
um, or know a bit more about caffeine or more specifically energy drinks, I have just released a YouTube video this week, which is if you jump on YouTube and type in my coach Ben, energy drinks, you'll be able to watch that. It's a little bit more humorous, I suppose, as well. Yeah, he always gets his humour element of me involved in that as well, doing <laughs> stupid stuff on camera. Which is always great. But yeah, this is that is this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it again. Make sure that you share the podcast on Instagram and Facebook and taggers. We absolutely love seeing it. As always, guys, have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are in the world. Ooh. And Do you know what we said last week we were going to talk about? Because we had the announcement, but we couldn't announce it yet last week yet. Which one? What has just happened? Oh my God, we're getting an app. Oh my God, was that, the right, about that? Was yes. that the right announcement? Oh my God, yeah, guys, we're getting an app. MCS is getting an app. Micro School is getting an app. app. And it's going to be next level. So we just um, kind of dived into the development of it. We're mega excited. Yeah, and we, we kind of, because we're very open with you guys, we want to share that process with you. I know quite a lot of people like hide it until last minute, but why can't we share that process of actually building an app with you? Like how exciting for you to experience that. BTS. Yeah, the behind the scenes. We actually did post a little video, didn't we? A montage of yeah. Go and check it out on the um, at my coach school Instagram page. But yeah, oh my gosh, we have an app coming. And so. if you want to know more about that and see more of the behind the scenes, then you will need to jump over to the my coach school Facebook group where all members are um, at the moment, and a lot of them are diving over from the group event that you're currently doing at the moment, aren't they? Yes. To the my coach school. On the back of that, we're also going to be running a guys only strength based group which is going to be over the next couple of weeks. I'll be talking about more soon. Yeah, so have a wonderful day, evening, wherever you are in the world, guys, and we'll catch you in next week's episode. Take Bye. care, guys.